0: Hello, my friend, and welcome to the 508th episode of the Sales Podcast. I'm Wes for the Sales Whisperer, your host. Today, we have Andrea Fry Rear, and we are getting into Agile Marketing. And you may ask yourself, what the heck is Agile Marketing? I had the same question, Uh, but it is, you know, we jump literally jumped right into it. I'm like, what the heck is this? What are we talking about? Because there's Scrum, and, uh, you know, I talk about Six Sigma, and, ISO 4001, whatever, so you get all these terms thrown around, and, and usually Agile and Scrum, things like that, are uh, thrown around for manufacturing, um, things like this, but it does have an application in marketing, it's quite interesting, I don't want to steal her thunder, because uh, I do open up with that, saying, enlighten me, uh, and I've said it before, you know, many times, I love a podcast, because I get to pick people's brains for an hour, for free, you got to love it. So um, you're going to see a few episodes come out in short, relatively short order. I had a little gap here, just a little bit of travel, went down to Mexico, uh, a little bit of work, kind of goofed off last week, to be honest with you. Okay, so there, sue me. We're going to have another book episode coming up next. Had a great interview with um, a manly man, Jeff Putnam, Uh, so we're going to accelerate that to get uh, his published. So, we'll have 3 here coming out in a week and then we'll get back to the roughly every 5 day schedule. Um, doing some new hosting here with Red Circle. You may hear some ads being inserted. Um, looking at landing another sponsor, uh, a cool company. I think it's done. We shall see. I, I drove a little bit of a hard bargain. They came back uh, a little bit of um a little negotiation. I was like, yeah, whatever. So, and I don't do email on the weekend, so I'll check email. They're supposed to send the, uh, the contract over. So we shall see, but you gotta love it when a plan comes together. You know, the interesting thing about sales, at least negotiation, right? And negotiation is part of sales is that if you're not ready, willing, and able to walk away from the table, you shouldn't be at the table to begin with. Learn how to say no. Learn how to back off a little bit. Learn how to not be desperate and needy. If you're desperate and needy, you can't give it away. All right, so take an assessment, kind of lay things out. Where are you in your life? Yeah, you may need this big deal. You may think you need this big deal. Okay, but if you've done all you can to bring it about, don't beg, don't cave, stand your ground, you might lose that sale, but the backbone you develop in that process is going to pay dividends forever, okay? And conversely, when you cave, that has repercussions forever. It takes a long time to build that back up. It's it's the way they describe sin, you know you can <clears throat> you can confess, and it's like it's like driving nails into a board, right? You, you confess and it pulls the nail out, but there's still a hole in that board from where the nail went in, and that's where the repentance comes in. When you cave, it's like driving that nail in, and even if the The nail gets pulled out. It takes a long time to fill that in and smooth that board over. That's your sales psyche. So stand firm. Okay? If you need help standing firm, and we all do, get in a good group. I have a good group. Sellmoreofeverything.com. Get you some there. And we'll go into detail every week like we do on this Monday. on how to sell more faster at higher margin with less stress and more fun. Of everything.com. Get over there. And now let's bring on our guest, Andrea Fry Rear, all the way from Boulder, head of AgileSherpas.com. Welcome to the sales podcast. How the heck are you?
1: I am doing great. How are you, Wes?
0: I'm good. So um our listeners appreciate you braving the COVID jab to be with us today. So, uh, <laughs> If you feel a little drowsy, just, I'll pause this. Okay. Take a little nap. We'll just pick right up where we were. Okay.
1: Yeah. That sounds good. You can see me. So you'll know if I nod off or anything.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get the shot, but I, we were done earlier. I, I had the Rona. I had it worse than the whole family, man. I was, I was sleeping for a week yeah. and then I was, I was tired. It took me two months to fully recover. Like training Jiu Jitsu. I, I couldn't spar in the normal six minutes. I couldn't do it straight for almost two months. So yeah, it was no joke. So uh, thanks for braving it. Um, you are the head of Agile Sherpas. Uh, you've got a survey out we're going to dive into. But um, can you dive into what is Agile, first of all? Because it kind of gets uh, thrown around kind of like, Uh, lean manufacturing and six Sigma black belt and ISO 4001 certified people throw it around. (laughs) I don't really know what that means. I mean, agile is what in your words?
1: Yeah, you. It's you're totally right. It does get thrown around. I think especially after last year in 2020, when there was all this change and fluctuation and uncertainty, people were like, "Well, just be agile," and then it's somehow going to magically be okay. Yeah. Um, but it's really, it's really about more of a rapid test and learn mentality, so that we can deliver customer value more frequently. So it comes from, well, it's agile, let's say agile, like true pure agile comes from software development. So back in the day, we probably all remember when we would wait like two years to get a Windows update and then it would come out and everyone hated it. We all went through those things. So the idea was, well, what if we can show people little pieces of this functionality quickly, get their feedback, and then use their feedback to inform the next round of work. So putting things out every few weeks instead of waiting for multiple quarters or years to go by. And so what really made that possible was the digital nature of software development. So we can, we can make these little pieces of code, right? And give them to people really quickly. And as other functions have started to move toward those mo- more digital ways of working, including digital marketing, it's been possible for us to adopt and internalize those same principles and practices in order to get value to customers faster. So marketers can do it, salespeople can do it, HR people can do it, right? It's becoming more possible for everyone to make use of agile ways of working and not just software developers now.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I've been a Hub, uh, HubSpot partner since 2014, Infusionsoft, Keep partner now since 2008, And I remember Infusionsoft talking about this several years ago, they would, they would do like three or four major releases a year. Mm -hmm. And then it was, it was pretty big news for them when they, they went away from that. And they're like, Hey, we're going to do like just good releases every month, right? you know, and kind of getting shorter and shorter, like you're talking about, uh, and things improve, you know, the software improved, um, Didn't have the big glitches because, you know, they do some big major release and then things would break, especially with API, you know, third party integrations and people be all up in arms and like, holy smokes. I mean, I'm not a developer. So I kind of learned that from the outside looking in. But as a user, I appreciated that. And in HubSpot, same thing. I'm not a I'm not a web designer like I've learned it out of necessity, you know, doing my own thing since 2006. So I, I can move around, navigate around a CMS, but they came out with their, they call it growth driven design. And people were like, this is so great. And it was like, find your pillar pages, right? your three or five main pages, redesign those, launch kind of like a baby redesign, see what mm-hmm. you think. And then Go get the rest because like I guess on, on a major site, by the time you totally update it and launch it, it's it's out of date nowadays, huh?
1: Yep. Yep. And then you got to start over. It's It's totally true. And <laughs> consumers are so, like you said, as a user or as a consumer, we're growing accustomed and we expect these kinds of quick, personalized, relevant things from us, right? We think about Netflix and Amazon, like giving us exactly what we want, exactly when we want it. And this is the expectation. And we can either align to that or become irrelevant in the eyes of the people we're trying to talk to.
0: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you've got some big name clients um, on your site. Uh, How can the little guys (laughs) do this? Uh, Is it viable for them or, or is it a must really for them to exist and grow in this crazy world?
1: Yeah, I think it actually becomes quite a competitive advantage for smaller players and for smaller teams, because the reason we end up working with a lot of big organizations, especially in more traditional industries, like financial services, for instance, is because they feel the pinch of falling behind. You know, they're, they're super regulated, super slow moving apparatuses. Apparati, whatever, uh, are no longer appropriate, right? They can't keep up to what's going on around them. But if you're a small team, if you're a small organization, hopefully you don't have that same level of bureaucracy and red tape and you can actually move really, really quickly. But again, it's about the rigorous and disciplined application of agile ways of working and not just about moving fast, right? Without any plan or without any structure, that's definitely not what agility entails it's
0: not ready fire aim
1: no no there's still there's still the planning right you still gotta know which direction you're trying to drive because just driving around you're moving right you're in motion you're doing things but you may not ever actually reach your destination if you don't take the time to sit down and figure out where you're trying to go and why you want to get there in the first place
0: I want to go to the bank more often with big deposits. So it, it, that's some—that's a planning, right?
1: That is planning. <laughs> uh, but we got to figure out like where are the checks coming from and what's the route to the bank, right? We gotta—we gotta get a little more granular in the planning too.
0: Uh, okay, uh, I, I sell to humans. Does, am, am I better? <laughs> better?
1: We're getting there. We're getting there. I think we might have to figure out which specific humans and why do they want what you're selling and. All that good stuff.
0: I love talking to people. Well, I, everyone's a prospect. <laughs> right. I sell water. Everybody drinks water. The human body's like 80% water. So everybody's a prospect. Like, oh, uh, yeah. Speaking of water, I got to go wash my cat. Ugh, <laughs> I got to end this call. Uh, so what is this? You do a a survey, right? Third annual, I'm on your homepage here. Third annual State of Agile Marketing. How... How did you get into this? Because you said it was, what six hundred businesses?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, our fourth one just came out uh, oh, this oh, year. Yeah. Oh, there. And, I look.
0: If I would look to the left, all right. Fourth annual state of agile marketing. Oh, webinar. And then, but then yeah. you have the report. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we we survey several hundred marketers, um, and we ask them whether they're using agile, and then if they are, we ask more questions about how are they doing it, why did they make this shift. Uh, what other parts of the organization are also agile? And really, it's it's come about partially as a way of understanding from a really data-driven place what, what's really happening, right, in terms of adopting agile ways of working, because we have some anecdotal or qualitative experience with our clients where we can say, this seems to be growing, or these types of organizations seem most interested. But this is a way where we can have a really statistically relevant place to say it's actually growing. These people are using it in this way. And so the report uh, is sort of a it's a conversation starter in a lot of ways. And it's also a good proof point to show that Agile is making its way into marketing and into other parts of the organization too. Um, We see places like sales, finance, HR, starting to to adopt these ways of working too, which is really exciting for the whole business, right? The whole organization to become agile. And then everybody's benefiting and not just a few little pockets of teams.
0: So what, like, what are some pitfalls or what, for small business owners listening to this right now, uh, what are they typically doing wrong? Mm. You know, and, and how can they start making some some minor changes to get on this path?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like what you said before that it's the, the sort of uh, ready, fire, aim kind of approach where we feel like agility is just about speed or just about reactivity um, and, and responding to what's going on around you. And responsiveness is definitely a piece of the puzzle, but it does need to be paired with some sort of balancing mechanism, right? Like in the Agile, Mar- uh, Agile Manifesto, there's a, a call out to say that when there's a good reason to change, then we change, right? It's not just change for change's sake. There needs to be a business case, customer value, some strong driver there. Because otherwise, you know, we can think about it back to our sort of driving around analogy. If we're going on a cross-country road trip and we started out trying to get to New York, and we drive for a day and a half, and then we decide we want to go to Florida instead, we've probably been driving in the wrong direction, right, for for a really long time. So there's a good case to be made for consistency at some level, right, or we introduce a lot of waste into our activities. So we can be agile in the short term, and we're not going to follow a road if it's closed, or there's a traffic jam, or whatever, we're going to be agile and react to what's going on around us. But the big goal, the big ultimate destination needs to stay the same, or else our activities don't roll up into an ultimate objective. So there's that balance that needs to happen between short-term agility and long-term stability. And I think especially, you know, I run a small business myself, Agile Sherpa is, is, you know, nine or 10 people. So we're small shop here too. And there's this drive sometimes to always be doing the next thing the next shiny object or solve the next problem but if we don't stay the course and solve the first problem all the way to its completion then it never gets truly done and we don't reap the benefits of getting all the way to that destination
0: so how how far out should they plan though uh you know Going from LA to New York is fine, but it's like I don't know, if there's a forest fire, you know, coming down the mountains into Malibu, maybe I just need to I don't know, get get to Burbank, right? Yeah. Or or whatever, right? Just get to Phoenix. Make make it to Vegas. It'll all be okay. Uh can (laughs) can we bite off more than we can chew?
1: Yeah, yeah. You definitely can. And there is that that need to have the right horizons for planning right because we don't want to sit down in january and try to plan out every single thing that we're going to do for the next 12 months i mean 2020 taught us that that is <laughs> that is a bad idea cuz we don't know what it's going to look like and so getting really good at the highly specific activities that you want to do for the next 3 or 4 weeks is usually a predictable level right and so if if we're thinking about agile execution, now we're down to like a a couple of sprints, right? So maybe we're planning one sprint of two weeks where we put our heads down and focus on high value activities and another sprint of two weeks after that. We can plan that pretty confidently. Usually we've got a really strong idea of what that's going to look like. And then we have a vague idea beyond that, right? So we might be at the quarterly horizon here. We can directionally know what that's going to look like but after those couple of sprints maybe there was a forest fire or maybe there was a traffic jam and we have to adjust and adapt and so then our next sprint planning will do that right it'll take what happened in those first couple of sprints and incorporate it into our plan so we have the big destination we have the goal that we want to achieve but we're also taking into account what's happened to us in the meantime and we can then blend those into constant adjustments to get where we want to go.
0: Yeah. I I tell people all the time, like start planning, especially around, uh, plan around the holidays, plan around your slow times, right? I can't believe how often, like I I had a guy on um, years ago, Brian Madden, the Mulch brothers, they're up in Ohio. And, um, you know, they, uh, had you know, mulch is a spring and summer thing. And they're like, well, hell, we get slow in the winter, right? So I mean, they came up with firewood, right? Then they came up with with uh, other things around snow to 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 smooth out the peaks and the valleys. You know, I can't believe how many people just just take it. You know, well, we're, we're really busy at Christmas, and then we're lull, or you know, everything dies off at the holidays because everybody you know, they go back home, whatever, you know, the industry is, can you, is it hard to, to smooth out these peaks and valleys, you know, talking to the Sherpa or I can, can everything just be a a golden pasture, a golden meadow with flowing streams and, and everybody's just happy and productive. Do do I have to have these, these super low lows and really high highs?
1: No, I I don't think we have to. I do think you know, it's going back to some of the other things we've touched on, right, of knowing who you're trying to talk to and what problems they have and how can you expand what's adjacent, right, to what you're already doing. So maybe it's mulch to firewood or maybe it's homeowners to aspirational homeowners, right? Like how can you expand to, to serve differently, either a different segment, a different product or service, like there are ways to, to identify that. And Agile is beautifully positioned to help you test that, right? So rather than pouring tens of thousands of dollars into new campaigns and new printed collateral on a brand new website and paid media and all this stuff to say, we don't do mulch now, we do fire and we do firewood also, right? We do this and... You would historically throw a whole bunch of money and a whole bunch of time and a whole bunch of resources into this new shiny product. Well, what if nobody wants that, right? What if you thought they did and they don't? You can use Agile to test, right? So buy some ads in an area that you're interested in, test it out for a couple of weeks and see what happens. If you get no conversions, you get no interest, you get no clicks, you got nothing. Well, then maybe this was not the right expansion point. So maybe you still have the same goal of smoothing out your annual service offerings, but maybe this wasn't the right place for you to go. But now you know because you were able to test and learn instead of throwing a whole bunch of time and money and resources at it and it turning out to be not the right way to smooth things out.
0: When is it a is it a personality thing? Like cuz maybe Maybe business is just good enough, you know, in those six months of the year, you can either coast or just enjoy the peace and quiet to plan all of your campaigns for the next season. I mean, is it, is it just personality driven? Like how much does one really want to grow or is it, or is it too risky? I mean, maybe because if you wait six months, you know, tastes can change, things can change. I mean, and before you like, you know, I mean, COVID, right? Heaven forbid, you know, oh, here comes the busy season for cruises and oh, no cruises for a little while. Uh, Obviously, that's a major example, but, you know, recessions come and go, fads come and go. Um, Is it just, just listen to your little voice, you know, if you're uncomfortable, like, I need to, I need to address, I need to scratch this itch because it's telling me something might not quite be right.
1: Yeah, I, I do think it's a personality thing, you know, in terms of do you want to grow? Is there, is there a drive for that or are we happy with, with where we're at? And in any case, you know, whether you are striving to focus on the work when it's there and then kind of chill when it's not there or whether you're trying to drive always forward, always higher, always better, um, you can use agile ways of working in either case. You know, you can minimize the risk and recognize that we plan at the moment of maximum uncertainty, right? We plan when we know the least about what's going to happen. So we should plan in such a way that will allow us to pivot and adapt based on what actually happens. So when you want to grow, when you want to expand, you can plan in a way, you know, use these agile systems to do that. Or even if you just want to make it through your crazy busy season and then coast, you know, Agile does also talk about moving at a sustainable pace, right? So it should be able to create focus on the highest value, most impactful activities and allow you to get those done first before you move on to some of the other things that are going to give you less value. So even when you're super busy and crazy, you can prioritize, you can focus your energies and then get that important stuff done before you move on. So, I mean, we... We're not dissimilar to that or historically haven't been at Agile Sherpas, right? People go on vacation in the summer. They're not as interested in doing a bunch of trainings and things. And so we have, have worked to kind of smooth out some of that seasonality over time by experimenting with different selling methods, different campaigns, and so forth and so on through small little test and learn um, components over the years.
0: You talk about like these agile systems, agile ways. Is is it like a, like the Miller Hyman blue sheet, pink sheet, like specifics, or is it just is it more generic or broader, like of just chunking things down and and having goals and measuring to those goals before you you take the next step?
1: It's highly specific. Um, there's multiple. There's multiple frameworks out there, right? Like Scrum tends to be the most well-known and the one that people tend to encounter the most, but for smaller teams, and especially for if you're uh, just looking for kind of being a team of one and managing your own personal workload, I like Kanban as, as a more lightweight and easy to implement system. Kanban? Um, mm-hmm, K-A-N-B-A-N. Uh, it comes from the Japanese word for signal card it's basically focused on managing work visually. So, getting everything out in the open and in the manufacturing world, not making a component until you need that component. So, signaling to the people on the assembly line that make cars or, excuse me, make tires that we need tires by putting a signal card up and saying, hey, we're running low on tires. Then and only then do they start making tires instead of constantly making them all the time, even if there's not. A car ready to receive them. Mm-hmm. So it's the same kind of thing where we do things like build a backlog, which is our prioritized to-do list, everything we could possibly be working on as an individual or as a team, and then work on only a couple of things from that list, right? So just take the top couple of priorities, work on them, spend all your time and energy on just a couple of things till they're done, and then bring those other things in. So it's smoothing out your own personal workload, Mm -hmm. much in the same way we were talking about trying to smooth out kind of demand over the course of a year. Instead of starting, right, it's Monday and I have my giant to-do list and I try to start on 15 things and then somehow by Friday, none of those things are done, Mm -hmm. right? The paradox is that if I only worked on one of those things on Monday afternoon, it would already be done. And then I work on another two things on Tuesday and they're done, right? And I three things on Wednesday, so forth and so on. So by the end of the week, I'm actually done with eight or nine high value things instead of zero because I tried to do everything at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Outback Steakhouse needed that uh, this Mother's Day. They ran out of potatoes. <laughs> Not great. out of potatoes. You're, you're a steak and seafood place, right? I mean- potatoes go. But I digress. So I looked this up, Kanban. It's interesting. It It's like the everybody has these pipelines now, the dashboards, and you drag your deals through the stages. That's, yep. that's, that's a
1: Kanban board. Yep.
0: yep. Right here is an example of a Kanban board. So as I typed in Kanban, one of the things that popped up was Kanban versus Scrum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what the heck is Scrum and how is that different from Agile?
1: Yeah. So Kanban and Scrum are both Flavors of Agile. So they're different wow. styles of implementation. So Kanban's like continuous flow. We've always got our board, whether it's full of deals or tasks or whatever, and it's always flowing and things are always coming in and moving out of it, and it's just constant. Uh, with Scrum, the focus is on small time boxes called sprints. So we sit down at the start of a two week period. Two weeks is like the average. Sometimes it's three or four, but two is the average. Uh, and say, okay, what are we going to accomplish over the next two weeks? And it's a mini planning session. And we bring in a certain amount of tasks from our to-do list. And we leave everything else out. And we say, only these things. These, these items are the most important for us to do over the next two weeks. And we're going to ignore everything else and only focus on these things. And then we, we do that, right? The sprint begins. We focus on the work. And then at the end of those two weeks, we sit down and go, how'd we do? Did we get them all done? Was there a big problem that came in and blew up our plan? And we look back, we call it a retrospective and decide what worked and what didn't make adjustments. And then we start again on our next two weeks. So it's more like little tiny, you know, they call them sprints. You sprint to the finish line for that two weeks. uh, And then they, they run in a continuous cycle. But Kanban is more like right now. What's important right now today this very moment, do that thing until it's done and then the next thing. So it's it's more of a just in time kind of system whereas scrum is looking in the 2 week time horizon.
0: So my wife is kanban and I am <laughs> and I am barely scrum. She always Guys, I'll just focus on one thing and then everything else falls away. I can't do that. Like, you know, you're right. Like we would all be dead if my mm-hmm. wife wasn't in the flow and sprinting. And I don't even look back. So at least she looks back. So she's both, and I'm like a partial of scrum. Would that is that that be accurate?
1: It could be. It could be.
0: <laughs> she just flows with it. Uh interesting. Um, hmm. Cause I know I mean businesses. Thing, they struggle with so many things, right? But I'm, people are, are surprised. Like I have this long-term nurture sequence that just runs eternally. Um, and so at a minimum, people hear from me once a month with a non-salesy email message. So at a minimum, at least they're hearing from me. Uh, and people are surprised that it's, it's evergreen. It doesn't change. Uh, I'm like, look, they don't, they're not gonna remember the mother's day message i sent them a year from now you know um do like how how dramatic do the changes need to be you know how long can we stick with a campaign um you know granted stylistically things might change a little bit here and there but you know if if it's working can that offer can we stick with that offer for even years depending on the business
1: I think depending on the business and what you're selling and so forth and so on. um, I think too, one of the great things about like a sprint, for instance, is you can say every sprint, we're including at least one experiment. And so maybe it's your your evergreen nurture is up for experimentation now, right? So we're going to try some things. It's working great, but maybe it could work better. So let's run some A-B tests on the subject line right? Or let's test the call to action at the end of it. So you can use these focused periods of effort to optimize what's already working in addition to maybe testing new things or implementing new campaigns or what have you. Um, So they're nice. They're a nice system of discipline to force us to kind of come back around to those things, right? I know teams that will require or set aside a certain amount of their capacity for these kinds of conversion optimization experiments. Because if we improve our nurture campaign results by something small, right, like 5 or 10%, this might trickle down to a really big impact on the bottom line if we can convert better. So having a few of these experiments running can compound in really cool ways. Um, And Agile can be a good tool for forcing us to do that. Cause it's easy to put things on autopilot and kind of forget about them. Mm. If we don't have to keep coming back.
0: How, how does an entrepreneur, you know, a business owner balance this? Cause on the one hand, you know, I always tell them whatever you measure, you can improve. Mm. Uh, but a lot of times entrepreneurs, they either just ignore the numbers or they get too in the weeds, and then they become frozen. Um, you know, the, a true entrepreneur is a dreamer. They're the creative type. They're the visionary. Um, you know, they're they're leading the charge, but they are not the technicians. They're not the operators. Um, how how do they balance that? Do they do they need to bring someone in from the outside to be looking at these numbers so they can keep dreaming? You know how how much do you do you pull them back down to earth, you know, to, to get their input, to get the, you know, look at this, you know, versus, Hey, look, just go, we'll, we'll follow. We'll clean up behind you, you know, just keep dreaming big and, you know, let's go to Mars. Right. And and we'll figure out the rocket ship.
1: Yeah. I think it depends on the size of the business and the personality of your entrepreneur. Um, You know, I'm, I'm a co-founder of Agile Sherpas and I've found that I do need to be a bit of both, a bit of the, like, you know, I want to go to Mars and and I also have to be looking at the numbers of how are we getting there and how are we getting there? I mean, again, so in terms of like entrepreneurs using this, there's a, a great book called Personal Kanban, uh, which is all about using this stuff for yourself. And I've used it religiously for years and years now. So I use Trello. That's my like project management tool of choice. And I have a recurring card that shows up in my weekly backlog automatically every week that tells me that I have to sit down on Thursday afternoon for an hour and look at our numbers. Like it just shows up and it's non-negotiable. This time it's blocked on my calendar. A to-do item automatically appears on my calendar and must be done. So it, it keeps me from getting too far ahead. Right. And for thinking, Too far in the future and keeps me a little bit grounded, but there's also time set aside for visioning and strategic thinking and stuff. So you can you can balance. Um, But I do think there's a lot to be said for like structure sets you free by putting these kinds of structured activities, holding yourself accountable to visualize your own work and holding your teams accountable to visualize their work. You actually set up. The, the scenarios, you create the the right environment for some of this more free thinking and, and forward-looking activity. Um, but if you're always putting out the, the most recent fire, then you don't have any of that capability.
0: Well, you have a personal Kanban. I have a personal Cinnabon. Is that
1: <laughs>
0: is that okay? Both.
1: I think we need both. I think we definitely <laughs> need both things. Yeah.
0: All right. Whew, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not that technical. Um, I like that though. Structure sets you free. You know, this guy Jocko willing talks about, you know, discipline equals freedom. Totally. Um, you know, and it's true. It's, you know, people, Oh, it's too restrictive. I feel bad. like, yeah, you, but you're not facing, you know, the, the boogeyman. I mean, you got the gremlins, you got to stare them down, uh, and, and identify them, scope them out, and you know how to, how to handle them, how to tackle them. Yeah. Um, you've got a, a course, right? Introduction to Agile Marketing?
1: Yeah. So we have a course that if you're interested in some of the stuff that I've touched on super briefly here, it's pre recorded. It's a little under an hour. So you can go in and dive deeper into this whole Kanban versus Scrum thing or what's a Kanban board and how do I set one up? Uh, it's all in that course, which is normally a paid class, but I'll shoot you a code uh, that we can put in the notes so you can get in for free and get started using some of the things that we've talked about today.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll mention that in the in the post-production, and I'm linking to it already uh, in, in the show notes, and I'll include that, uh, that promo code. Um, and is, I mean, not only is it doable, but I mean regardless of your personality type, they they need to focus on this, right? Make it, uh, you know, like I said, wh- whatever you measure, you can improve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like the old accountant, you know, they're, they're swamped in, in business. And it's like, dude, why don't you go buy a calculator? You know, doing everything longhand. It's like, can't you see I'm too busy? I don't yep. have time to get up from my desk and, you know, even sharpen my pencil, let alone buy a calculator. It's like, yep. dude. <laughs> make the time, you know, yeah. you talk about like this Trello board. How long did it take you to make that a standard part of your, of your week, of, of your, of your business process? Cause I know I, I've put goals, I put things and on my calendar, I'm like, uh, I delete, it, move it. I'll do it next week. Like how long did it take to be regular and committed and consistent to that type of planning?
1: You know, it worked so well for me that I was kind of hooked and I could see the the impact that it had really quickly. I think if you can set aside an hour to 90 minutes for your first setup, because the hardest thing is getting everything out of your brain or out of all the like sticky notes or notebooks or wherever it all lives and into your backlog, your prioritized to-do list. That's the biggest lift out the gate. And then once you have it all there, and you start, oh, oh crap, I forgot that I've got to do that thing. Anytime you have that idea or that thought, instead of writing it down on a random piece of paper somewhere, you, you put it like, I have a Trello app, right? I put it in my phone and it becomes a card. So then on Monday mornings, first thing I do is sit down and say, here's my list that always is running, that always has everything. And it's always prioritized. So I only look at the top of it because that's where the important stuff is. And I look at my week and I say, oh, this is a crazy week where I actually have meetings all day, every day. So I have maybe an hour every day when I can actually do work, right? So I'm going to be realistic and only pull like four cards in this week because I don't have much time. Or maybe this week is light and I have lots of beautiful empty space on my calendar. Let's be ambitious. Let's get 10 cards right into that week. And then I work that list systematically every day and try to move it across to my little done, hooray, I finished it column. Um, but it's just that visual. And it, once you get it done, right, I spend maybe 15 minutes at the start of every week, looking at my calendar, looking at my list and pulling the work for the week. Once you have it going, it's really much, it's a pretty light lift every week and every day to look at that.
0: hmm How did you settle on Trello versus Evernote or Apple notes or whatever?
1: So the great thing about Trello is it forces prioritization because when you're, it makes a little card with everything and you can't have them sitting side by side in a column. You cannot have two number one priorities. It's not possible in the way the system works. So it forces you to make trade-offs with everything. Um, and it's a Kanban tool. Like it's, you know, I have my to do, doing, done. Right. It's very visually obvious what needs to be done, what is being done, and what has been completed. Um, so, and it has an app on my phone. It's really lightweight and easy to use. Um, there's a free version of it, so it's just it's just really a nice entry point. Like for my team at Agile Sherpas, we use Monday.com, which is a more like official project management style tool. We have interlinking boards and there's work capacity management and all kinds of more complicated functionality. But I've been on Trello for ages and I, I can't let my personal Trello board go.
0: Nice. All right. I'll check that out. I always tell people like, you, you, you do not have multiple priorities. It's impossible.
1: It I mean, shouldn't be a plural, right? Like yeah. it's priority singular. No, no
0: word. It's singular, right? <laughs> what is prior? <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. Um, uh, very nice. I will, uh, I will check that out. I've used Trello for one of my businesses, uh, to, uh, assign tasks and whatnot to the team, but, um, I haven't used it individually. So I will, uh, I will check that out. Well, very cool. Miss Andrea with the COVID jab, you, you, I noticed a little, a, a little tinge here and there, but you know, you braved it out and I only noticed it because you told me earlier. So I was maybe <laughs> looking for it, but um making sure you weren't falling asleep. But I mean, you, this was like nothing. You're like a, you're a champ. Um, where do we send people? Where do you, should we send them just to the, uh, to get the course? Do you want them to go visit your website?
1: Yeah. Uh, the course is a great place. If you're interested in more um, in depth on the marketing piece, com is going to have tons of free resources uh, what is Agile Marketing? How do you get started? Uh, we have tons of free stuff out there, certification classes, all sorts, uh, if you want to dig deeper into the marketing piece of all of this.
0: All right, very cool. Well, I'm linking to that and um, I will mention the uh, the promo code in the, in the post-production and uh, link to it in the show notes. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show. It's been great. Thank you, Wes. All right, have a great day.
1: You too. Bye-bye.
0: Take those baby steps to grow. You know, PubSpot calls it growth-driven design. To me, I call it common sense. When I saw how people redo websites take forever, it just it boggled my mind. Redoing key pages and then iterating. I was like, okay, that makes sense. That's why I was one of their first ones to get that certification years ago. It was like an 11-hour process. It was grueling. Um, so this, you know, small steps iterations. Um I don't know. To me it makes sense. Um doesn't make sense getting the COVID jab. Um, but I didn't want to get into that. Um, especially if you've had COVID. But I digress. You know, but there is science. Follow the science. Follow the Cleveland Clinic study. Fifty-two thousand people just came out. Oh man. We'll be talking about this for a long time. But maybe some people it'll help. I think if you're young, you don't need it. If you've had COVID, you don't need it. Um, If your marketing is struggling, you need agile marketing. Take baby steps. Complete projects, okay, and launch. Don't have a bunch of projects, 10 or 20 or 50 or even 90% done. You need them 100% done. So focus on one, get it done, push it out the door and go to the next. And then iterate, monitor, measure. Okay. Iterate. If you need help, let me know. It's another thing that I do. Um, Sales training, consulting, marketing, consulting, copywriting, uh, be that sounding board. You know, the curse of knowledge is real. If you're too close to your own business, you can't see the gaps. You know, I'm getting back into golf. I can't see my own swing. I can see the end result. Form follows function. But I was golfing in Mexico a couple weekends ago, and my buddy, you know, we filmed each other in several shots. And seeing that, it's just, it's eye-opening. And, yeah, you can bring your own camera and tripod and set it up and set a timer, blah, blah, blah. What a pain in the butt. Get some help. Okay? Iron sharpens iron. Join the Sell More of Everything course. Hit the Contact Us page. Do some one-on-one. I do some some 90-day coaching. Uh, to help you make that shift, that take those baby steps, and pivot, and grow. It's what I do for you. Thanks for listening. Let go sell something. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it